Next weekend, we're going to have special services on the persecuted church. We've asked a gentleman from Voice of the Martyrs, uh, Zachary Terrell, to come and share with us. And it's going to be a good time for us as a church as we uh, open our eyes and hearts to the issue of the persecuted. Today, we're going to conclude our four-part sermon series called Whispers from God. Uh, if you've missed any of the series, you can pick up a CD at the information table or you can listen online at Rockbrook. But I want to begin today with a very familiar verse in the Christian life, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Let's read this out loud together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will direct your paths. Look at the import of that verse. Trust God totally, completely. Don't trust yourself. Don't trust in your own ideas and opinions. Seek God's will and direction. Seek what God wants you to do, and he will direct you. In this Whispers from God series, my hope has been that you and I will learn to listen more closely to God, that we would be better able to discern his whispers to us. I asked many of you to email me about God speaking to you when we started this series, And I received lots of emails from you, and I received several that had kind of the same theme. Uh, This one is an example. It says, yes, God speaks directly to me in a variety of ways. Most often I hear scripture, not chapter and verse, but the word itself. Sometimes I get directives where he asks me to do something specific. Sometimes God leads me to chapter and verse, if it is something that he wants to write on my heart that isn't there yet. Oftentimes I see pictures or scenes, and once in a while he will meet me in a dream. If I did not spend time with God every day, I would be dried up, ineffective, have no direction, no hope, and would never be able to accomplish the things that he asked me to do, all of which are beyond my ability. And so the question I have for you is, is do you hear from God in a similar way to this? Do you hear fully and personally from God? Uh, For today's message, I want to lay out for you first how to request guidance from God. If we're going to encourage God to speak to us, there are certain attitudes that we must embrace as we approach God. What are they? First one, on your outline on the screen. First, I must ask specific questions. Specific questions. James 1.5, if you want to know what God wants you to do, ask him. And the reason why many of us can't point to answered prayers is because we don't ask for anything with enough specificity to even know if God has answered or not. We say, God, please make me better, or God, fix this problem, or God, change that person, or God, just help me in this situation. Some of our prayers are more like spiritual complaining or whining than asking specifically for assistance. But if you make direct, definite, measurable requests from God, then you'll know when he's answered and you'll know what he said. But getting the question right can take time. Sometimes God has to do a work in us to even get us to the point of knowing what's the right question to ask. Now we're going to talk about this issue of getting answers to our prayers in our Nehemiah event that's coming up on May 31st. Nehemiah knew how to pray prayers that get answered. There are more prayers in the book of Nehemiah than in almost any other book in the Bible. And so if you want to know how to get your prayers answered, this event will help you. Great stuff from Nehemiah. I hope you'll join us for that day. 
But the reason many of us don't pray specifically about particular issues is we don't really believe God will even answer. So we just sling up a prayer and then move on in our own strength. But faith is a crucial attitude, a crucial component in our prayer. Second point on your outline. We must believe God will answer. Again, in James 1.5, And he will gladly tell you, for he is always ready to give a bountiful supply of wisdom to all who ask him. He will not resent it. Perhaps you don't hear God's whispers because you're not expecting to hear them. I mean, do you genuinely expect God to guide and lead and direct you in your life, in your daily affairs? We must believe in faith that our Heavenly Father wants to be involved in every area of our life, spiritually, personally, relationally, financially, socially. God's intent in creating us and in recreating us through redemption is so that He can have an intimate, personal relationship with us. That's the whole reason for which we were made. That's the whole reason for which we are redeemed. It is the essence of Christianity that the sovereign God of the universe wants to have a personal, intimate relationship with you. And that relationship cannot happen without conversation, without interaction. Now, our faith includes certain theological truths and principles, certain doctrines And they define our faith. But doctrine doesn't give you the individual personal guidance to specific situations in life. Doctrine doesn't do that. A divine person does that. Doctrine can lead us to Christ, but doctrinal knowledge is no substitute for personal interaction with God. About the intimate details of our life. Our faith is lived out in our daily decisions that flow out of our conversations with God. That's how we walk by faith. Third attitude. If we want to hear God's whispers, we must determine to obey. James 1.6 But when you ask Him, be sure that you really expect Him to tell you. For a doubtful mind will be as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. And every decision you then make will be uncertain. As you turn first this way and then that. If you don't ask with faith, don't expect the Lord to give you any solid answer. And the Proverbs passage says, seek his will in all you do. You know, both verses emphasize discovering what God wants you to do so you can obey. You have pre-made the decision of obedience. But if we... uh, Ask God, but doubt that he will answer, we'll always be insecure in our decisions because we aren't convinced that God will answer and we won't learn how to recognize his voice so we'll never even be certain that he's the one who answered. And if we do talk to God about issues, but our plan is just to to see what God thinks and then do whatever we want to do or do what everybody else around us is doing, we'll be indecisive, unsettled, and morally adrift. I mean, you see the condition of our culture. Yet 60% of the country claims to be evangelical Christian. But our approach today is, well, God has an opinion, I have an opinion, and culture has an opinion. I'll kind of look at all those and then pick the one that I think works best. Many of us consider God's opinion as just an option to consider. You know, what God says is not the final word for our nation in our day, even for many people who are sitting in churches. Yes, God has an opinion, but I'm deciding what I'll do. 
And then we wonder why our nation is adrift, even though many claim Christianity is their faith. But praying with faith is asking God for a specific answer, believing he will respond, and then doing what he says to do. Now, you're here on a beautiful Mother's Day Sunday, so obviously you've made the decision, or at least you have the intent, I'll obey, I want to obey, but I just want to know how to hear. How do I hear God's voice? Give me a pattern, give me some steps to follow. So we're going to look at next how to receive guidance from God. We're going to go to the book of Habakkuk. It's one of the prophets in the Old Testament. In Habakkuk 2, it says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Then the Lord said to me, Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. Uh, Habakkuk was upset about the situation in Judah, his home country. He was upset because of the presence of violence, the destruction that was occurring, strife and conflict, injustice, mistreatment of the righteous by the wicked. Sound familiar? (laughs) And he wanted God to do something about it. So he voiced his complaints to God, and then he waited to hear God's response. And God answered Habakkuk. So from Habakkuk, we can learn how to receive guidance from God. Four things. First, he withdrew. Withdraw. Get alone in a quiet place. Habakkuk says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. He climbed up into a tower that was on the walls around the city. Uh, The watchtower was where the watchman would stand alert, scanning the horizon, prepared to alert the citizens of any danger. It is an isolated and elevated place. Uh, This tower must have been a familiar place where Habakkuk could be alone, away from people, free from distractions, free from diversions, and he could receive God's messages. It's a private place where Habakkuk could be alone with God. And we, too, need to find a private place where we can meet God away from distractions, away from diversions, away from people. Psalm 5.3 says, Lord, every morning I tell you what I need and I wait for your answer. Now this verse says uh, every morning, but uh, evening is fine also. Uh, Not all of us are morning. How many of you are not morning people? Not morning people. Yeah, look at that. Almost most of you. Yeah. I asked that in the 9 o'clock service. I was amazed how many people raised their hands if they were here at 9 o'clock. But uh, they're a little groggy. But the point is to find a place and a time where you can get alone with God. But this just seems to be something we struggle with, to find the time to meet with God. But we must do this if we are going to let God-led lives instead of self-led lives. And the question is, which one do you want, God-led or self-led? You know, how much progress are you making over the years? Are you living more and more directed by God, or are you living more and more directed by yourself? You may go to church, you may be in a small group, you might even serve in a ministry, but at the core of who you are, are you God-led or self-led? You can't be God-led without spending time alone with God. Now, if you have a job, you're either going to have to get up earlier or you're going to have to stay up later. Or you may have to use your breaks or lunchtime in order to do this. 
Uh, if you're in the home and you have small children who are always pulling on you and needing you, you know, a lot of folks in the home, moms and dads watching kids, they can't even find time to go to the bathroom, let alone find time to talk to God. But you may have to do it during nap times or after they're in bed at night or even read the Bible and pray with them. You know, God can speak to you through a children's Bible and a children's Bible story. Don't underestimate the time that you as a parent spend with your kid in God's Word. Now, in order to hear from God, you're going to have to turn off the TV, turn off the radio, shut off your cell phone, get away from the Internet. Avoid checking Facebook. You can't email. You can't text or tweet. You need to resist looking at the headlines or turning on the news because if you do any of that, you won't be able to focus on God. You'll be interrupted and disrupted. And for many of us, our lives are neither God-led nor self-led. Our lives are media-led. They're they're social media-led. We are constantly responding and reacting and interacting with people through text and email and Facebook. This connectedness with one another has disconnected us from God. Or for many of us, our life is dictated by a TV schedule. Oh, I I can't do this. I've got to watch American Idol or Dancing with the Stars or news or sports. You know, what was the last hundred posts or tweets that made a difference in your life? Even the ones with Bible verses or snappy Christian sayings. And we know what everybody else wants to speak into our life. But what does the sovereign God of the universe want to say to you? In one breath we say, I don't have time to read my Bible, and in the next breath we can comment on every news story, every sports story, or Twitter feed. We are burning up our lives in insignificant pursuits. Now we're busy, but Jesus is our model. Look at the life of Jesus. You read through the Gospels, Jesus was busy. He had much to do before he could accomplish what God had called him to do, and yet he made time to get away and be alone with God. Early in the morning, at night, sometimes in the middle of the night, Jesus would escape. He'd get into a boat to get away from people, go up into the mountains, go into a garden, because he knew that the most productive thing he could do was to be alone with God. Yet we say, I don't have time to spend with God. I have things to do that are more important than my time with God. Have you ever thought that? I have things to do that are more important than my time with God. I mean, folks, that's just crazy talk. Yet for how many of us does that thought set the tone for our day? No wonder our lives are in disarray. You must withdraw every day. Second, wait and watch. You've got to calm your thoughts and listen closely. Habakkuk 2.1 There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Uh, Habakkuk admits his prayers are complaints. Uh, So are many of ours. He's deeply troubled by his country's moral and spiritual decline. The wicked were oppressing the righteous, and Habakkuk wanted God to do something about it. God, protect the righteous. Punish these evildoers. And after he has said his peace with some intensity, then he had to wait and watch for God's response. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still. And know that I am God. The reason many of us don't hear God's whispers is because we are living these hectic, frantic lives. And hurry is the death of prayer. Hurry destroys intimacy with God. We must be still. You've got to relax your mind, relax your body, calm your thoughts. 
But here's a common scenario. See if you can identify with this. You set aside time to meet with God. You sit down somewhere away from others to avoid disturbances and distractions. But the moment you start turning your thoughts toward God, here come all these other thoughts. I mean, all of a sudden, you are thinking about everything you have to do today, and you're thinking, oh, I can't forget to do this, I can't forget to do this, I can't forget to do this. And your mind just begins swirling with all these other thoughts to the point your anxiety level rises, and finally you just mutter something to God and then run off to go do your day. Let me give you a very practical solution for that. When you start to pray, take a pad of paper, take some post-it notes with you, And as you're talking to God, when something comes to mind, just say, God, excuse me, I've got to write this down. And you write it down on that pad. And then you just and then you just do it. Every time a thought comes, you just write it down on the pad. That will allow you to release that thought because you don't have to worry about forgetting it. You've written it down. And it may take a while for you to clear your mind of all those thoughts. And then what will happen is you will wind up with an awkward silence. And that is the moment when you're about to have your breakthrough and God is going to be able to speak to you because your body will relax, your mind will clear, and you'll be able to hear God's whispers. Third thing you need to do, you need to write down, record the ideas that you receive. As you get ideas and impressions, as you hear God's voice, Habakkuk 2.2, then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. God told Habakkuk, write down what I say to you. Now, God's answer to Habakkuk was really distressing. What God said to Habakkuk was, okay, I'll take care of the wicked people in your country who are oppressing uh, the righteous. I'll do it by bringing in an even more wicked people, the Chaldeans, the Babylonians. I'll bring them in to destroy your nation. And then I'll punish the Chaldeans. You know, God's answer wouldn't be fulfilled until the future. And so the prophecy had to be clearly recorded, clearly distributed, in order to encourage the nation when the judgment time came. And since Habakkuk had written down this message from God, the people could know that when the Chaldeans appeared on the horizon, they would know, this is God's plan, this is God's judgment, we're going to be okay. Now, for us, it's a good idea to write down the impressions that we get and put them into some sort of a notebook or a prayer journal so that you can go back and test them to see if they really are from God. You run them through the five filters that we talked about in the God-led life sermon three weeks ago. Now, if your prayer is answered in the future or progressively over time and you record your observations and, and as well as your thoughts that's happening, you'll be able to see the progress that you're making over time. Uh, recording your, your prayers, your impressions over time, it will build your faith. It will increase your ability to trust God in the future because your ability to trust God is directly connected to the ways you've seen God work in your life and work in the lives of other people. But if you're not writing things down, if you're not collecting God's answers, if you're not remembering what happened in the past and seeing God work, then every new problem, you've got to start all over from scratch. You start from ground zero because you're not building an ability to trust God. So you want to write them down. Number four, finally we worship. Thank God for speaking to you. Habakkuk 3.2, O Lord, now I have heard your report and I worship you in awe. 
Now, this answer that God was going to send in the Chaldeans to, to punish the nation, that couldn't have been a very satisfying answer for Habakkuk. You know, I'm sure Habakkuk thought, God, no, 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 keep the Chaldeans out of here. Let me just give you a list of names of people I want you to smite right here, and let's just deal with this in-house, but keep the Chaldeans out. But even though Habakkuk didn't like God's response, he learned to rely totally on the wisdom and justice of God. Habakkuk came to realize that God is sovereign, his justice is beyond comprehension, And as he spent time alone with God, he learned the character of God. He learned that God is worthy of praise and worship, no matter what happens. Listen to this from Habakkuk chapter 3. It's not on your outline, not on the screen, just listen. He says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms, and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, Even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the Lord, God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights. Horrible situation, yet he's able to trust God. Are you able to trust God when you don't understand what God is doing? Are you able to stay steadfast when your world is falling apart? Can you trust God without resentment? And you know, to know whether or not you see God in that light, all you've got to do is just ask the question, how do I react in a difficult circumstance? Am I angry with God? Do I resent God? Or do I trust even in the day of hardship? If we spend time talking with God, asking questions, making requests, telling Him our needs, and then wait and receive His promises, we'll be drawn closer to Him. We will move into a personal, intimate relationship with God, and we will come to know His character, and that will cause us to worship Him. We'll praise Him for who He is, even when things don't turn out the way we want them to. We'll learn to trust Him with our lives. We will live God-led lives. So the question is, is do you want to do that? Are you ready to grow in that way? Because there is no shortcut. The way to do it is it requires time alone with God. Listening, watching, and obeying. Let's pray together. Maybe you're here today and you've, you've never made that connection with God that allows communication with Him to happen. You've never opened your heart and life and trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior. It's placing your faith and trust in Christ that gives you the spiritual connection, the spiritual life that you need for God to be able to speak to you, for God to be able to, to lead and guide and direct your life. And so maybe right now you need to just open your heart and life and say, God, please come in, forgive me of my sins, give me that new, abundant, eternal life that I can have through Jesus Christ. God, please lead and guide and direct my life. And maybe you've been a believer for years, but you've never developed the habit, you've never made it an act of living out your faith to daily connect with God and to seek His will. To let him guide you in all that you do. Father, for those of us in that situation today, we just repent, we confess, we say we are sorry that we've been living life on our terms, we've been living self-led lives, or maybe we've just been led around by others. But today, we make the decision to let you lead 
God, if you lead and guide, we will follow. And you have promised that you will. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.